0: Right, so hello and welcome everyone and welcome back to a slightly new format of the Restoring Life podcast, the Tea Sessions. Um, I've dubbed it that because it's usually me and a friend having a cup of tea or coffee depending on the time zone and talking about um, things that are a bit outside of the sustainability bubble. And so this morning, I'm here with a good friend of mine, Dan Kern. Um, You are, oh my God, just so many things. Uh, We just had a laugh about how to introduce you, didn't we? Um, (laughs) Dan is a (laughs) storyteller and a community builder primarily um, through his project Beacon. And we're going to talk more about that shortly. Um, And you and I met, my gosh, almost a year ago, introduced by a mutual friend and from memory, and um, we just could not stop talking for about four hours straight. So it's continued from there, hasn't it?
1: <laughs> it, sh- it sure has. And that was such an interesting way to meet someone like you of such depth and truth and vibrance, because I had just come from a bachelor party <laughs> with a bunch of university <laughs> <laughs> friends <laughs> up in the mountains, and there, you know, lots of drinking and debauchery in general. And then I come to Evergreen, Colorado and meet you at that little restaurant on the town strip. And the world completely changed around me. And I settled back into the place that I really liked to be
0: with right. someone
1: who, yes, I had just met, but felt like an old friend. So
0: okay. very
1: fond memories of that, Jen.
0: Obviously, I'm sure there's been lifetimes of this, my friend. <laughs> so <laughs> exactly. one of the things that I wanted us to, to share today and, and just kind of Jam around a little bit is our shared passion of of storytelling, actually, because I know you and I both work a lot in the realm of story making, and that's Mm -hmm. wonderful. But there is this like ancient, transformative, our magical art of storytelling and writing, actually, which is where you and I also have much common ground. So Yeah, I know during this particular interesting time globally, when we've had a lot more time in one place than many of us normally do, it's been a time of really mining those depths and going back to some of these writing practices that I know you and I have returned to again and again over the years. So yeah, Mm -hmm. what have you found yourself deepening into, Dan, over the time when we've been in lockdown?
1: Mm. My goodness, such a range of topics when it comes to writing. And for me, amongst all of the changes in the world, our environment, um, rules for me, relationships where I'm living all of it, writing has remained my consistent, the, the, the most consistent thing in my life beyond family, you know, where I have that as my practice every morning, writing anywhere between three to yesterday, nine longhand pages. Um, morning pages style I'll la Julia Cameron if anyone listening is familiar with her in the artist way,
0: artist way. Um,
1: so for me it's, it's my tool for processing, it's my tool for exploration it's my tool for documentation of events whether they be hilarious, scary or um, relevatory right. it's, where, it's where they all find their home and um, I look forward to waking up and making my coffee and sitting at a place that has a view outside and just allowing my my thoughts to bring me to a prompt, something that's on my mind or heart, and my hand to start moving across the page and see what comes out. And I'm always surprised and um, never do I leave that session feeling like it was anything but very restorative and um, very truthful for me. It's when my I really dig into the parts of me that, um do feel like they're coming from a place of cold hard truth. Um sometimes that's comes out as things that are hard on myself. Sometimes it's a little hard on others, but it's my sandbox to play with all of these things and my thoughts on the world that don't necessarily need to be ever seen by anyone else and that helps it be more of a open practice and part of the reason why I enjoy it so much.
0: Oh, I love that. I love that. And I, I you know, it's similar. I mean <sighs> until we went into this, uh, lockdown period, I had let that slip as a practice, actually, particularly first thing in the morning. And there is a magic that happens before you get into your emails, before you get into your projects, before you start calling people on the phone. And I've noticed, um, it's something I've picked up again, you know, I've picked up morning meditation again, but I've also picked up morning writing. And even if that's just a paragraph or, you know, as you say, some mornings it's pages, I don't know, I've been noticing a really interesting shift for me and I wanted to bounce it off you and see if you've had the same. So I write, when I did my morning pages, I'd write from my head. And my Mm -hmm. head, you know, hey, it has, I have an incredible imagination, so I can write myself in circles. But you just said the word that I think is really important, which is raw and truthful. Mm
1: -hmm. And
0: I have found in the Mm -hmm. last couple of weeks that actually – my heart's been writing a lot more than my head. And I've actually been in this process of deliberately taking my head to one side to a degree and going, right, I want to write today about something that my head has no idea about. I want this to come (laughs) from a really deep place that it surprises my head when I see the words being written through my hand.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that has that felt like an entirely different experience for you?
0: Completely, completely. Mm almost that delight like a childhood delight uh with or childlike I should say where you go oh my god that was good where did that Mm -hmm. come from you know it's like as you said revelatory writing Mm -hmm. uh, we get into that beyond the boundary of what we've ever said you know you want you want to really court the mystery of something I've never thought about never felt before never never said in word form before and um that's really exciting
1: Certainly. And I think when we look at the arts and personal expression as a whole, that is the practice that is what allows for truly inspired work, whether that be an acting monologue or a written piece or, a you know, whatever comes onto a blank canvas for a painter mm-hmm. is the practice of removing ourselves as our, our overthinking mindful selves and allowing whatever inspiration wants to come through us to be expressed without any inhibitions um, without any preconceived notions of what type of box or format or um, overly specific prompt something's supposed to fit into granted some artists and sometimes a a writer like you and I will have an inspiration and like kind of see a bit of a finished product. And it's a matter of just opening yourself to put it on the page or to put it on that canvas. Um, But overall, that's what has really drawn me to writing over the last number of years in perfect alignment with my own more spiritual development and mindful practice is that writing is as much of a meditative experience for me Uh, in the realm of getting out of my head, into my body, allowing more free flow, full expression um, than any meditation, yoga class, or more traditionally uh, mindful or spiritual activity that I've ever done. Mm. And then I took a class last summer um, that was for improv acting. (laughs) (laughs) To tie this all together and pull in all of the arts. And that's when I realized in the first session of that class between what the instructor was telling us is is critical for our, um, you know, easing into the class, becoming comfortable, and allowing our expression to come out. I was like, this is basically a meditation class. Um, to do this art form properly, you have to get out of your mind and allow whatever's coming up in your body—the noises, the movements, the the comments, et cetera—to come free flow. And the more that you can do that, the funnier, quirkier, and more interesting, the dialogue and action will be between the, the actors and the improv set. And so then that's when my mind opened up to the full realm of that's what art is. It's, and that's why it's, some people are so good at it, is because they have that innate ability and we call them, you know, born to be artists. Mm-hmm. But every one of us has the ability to cultivate um, those artist skills. Through all sorts of different types of practices, and then finding our outlets, whether that's writing, as it is for you and I, or some of the other outlets that allows us to then hone in on that skill and overall have it affect our our everyday life very positively. Because every morning we get up and we go to the page and we drop into our heart and body, and that puts us in a certain state of stillness and clarity that they can, that can then clean or wow, that can then take us into the rest of our day, and we can pair that with other practices. Such as mindful or uh, yoga and meditation yeah. and whatnot, and it's all it's all working to facilitate the same energetic flow and consistency within our body that um, we're all looking for because we want to get out of those monkey minds and be more expressive.
0: Right, my gosh, oh, I love that, and and you know, again, just feeling feeling the words as you speak, um, yeah, I can just just feel myself dropping layers deeper. Um, mm-hmm. And noticing that, you know, I don't have a question I'm going to ask next and just noticing how <laughs> okay that is and actually just, yeah. you know, being very present. And I think I don't like you but when, especially when I'm working with people around bringing through writing in some way, whether that's uh, a narrative or a book or a marketing campaign or whatever it might be. And, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. you know, how do we source that from a deeper place? than our minds or our preconceptions or our perceptions even in that moment and as you say true art we all have that capability and yet um it's that magic realm isn't it when things drop away you're truly in the present moment and actually something else happens that was unexpected you know it's that unexpected mystery that arises yeah and yeah. I find is, um, as you said, and I'd love your view on this. So there's lots of other practices, right? That support our, our ability to bring through writing from this deep mm. planet. Um, mm. And yes, I am an absolute advocate of yoga. Um, but I also find um, being out, not just being out in nature, but actually courting the mystery in nature is one of the things that's possibly fueled my writing practice more than anything else so this idea of going out and and just h- beyond hiking just getting lost you know like actually just wandering and listening and not having a specific destination in mind but being mm. part of a living ecosystem i mean i know i'm talking to you from the heart of montana right now which i'm very jealous about but what are yeah. some of the practices that you you know you use as almost like a supporting net? to your writing?
1: Well there's a reason why you and I get along so well and it's as you mentioned writing and then the next is certainly nature and yes I'm lucky enough to be dialing into this and speaking with you from Montana and surrounded by nature and um, this is a sanctuary for me to stay in a place of remembrance of the sacredness of our world, the beauty of our world, the stillness that is available in our world. And from those places, um, I think we're able to find the patience within ourselves and the trust within the process of opening ourselves to allow really juicy ideas to come through, really truthful ideas to come through is the practice. So for me, that is exactly what you mentioned. It's getting out into the woods. And I want to tell you about something I did the other day that um, I haven't mentioned to anyone yet, but it was a really exciting experience for me. So I grew up as, well, my father, John, is the ultimate activity master. He is the ultimate ground cover, whether it's on with hiking boots or on a bike, et cetera. So whenever, when I was younger, whenever we'd be doing Activities in nature, there would always be like an end destination, a peak to get to, and you got to get there quickly because it's a workout. (laughs) And over the last number of years, I've really pushed myself in nature to slow down and start to find the magic in it, as you were mentioning. And it's not that you're going out into the woods to capture that peak and um, kind of like blowing past the trees and all of the little intimate uh, details of the nature around us. You you really start to savor each and every part of it. So I went out in the woods the other day. And I'm just like taking my time, noticing the trees, hearing the birds, um, paying homage to fallen trees, saying small prayers for them, allowing myself to really become one with my environment. And I end up picking up this little, um, there was this fallen tree that was, that was splintered and its trunk w- it had all of these like these, these splintered wood filings coming up out of it. And I picked one of the smallest ones off of it. That was basically like a little feather. And it was a windy day. And so I I just held the little feather of wood in my hand and I got the calling to allow it to direct me through the woods.
0: Mm. And
1: so I have this little piece of wood and the the wind would gust a little bit to the left and I would turn left and I'd start walking that direction and it would go right and I would walk that direction. And it was weaving me through the trees and taking me to all these beautiful sites. Took me to an old elk carcass that was on the ground, not like Fresh, but like the bones were still there and I was able to like see the vertebra and spend some time with that and feel the animal's spirit as I was sitting there with it with patience and then it led me to another tree where it was like coming up out of the ground and there was this core of wood that was coming out of it that was literally beckoning to me and I had a little prayer with this tree that asking it if I could take the core of the wood and bring it back to make a what has ended up being like this samurai sword of a core of like a 300 year old tree and that happened and then it led me up this mountain to a meadow where i then sat and had a meditation overlooking the big sky valley here Mm -hmm. and it was this little stick this little feather of wood that guided me through the woods not because my mind told me this is the clearest path and there's snow over there don't go there and that looks like the best way to get up i just trusted that something else was going to take me to the place that I needed to go and to see the things that were, that had the lessons that were important for me to, um, to entertain that day for me to pay attention to. And I came back and instead of it just being a hike to a peak and a good sweat and exercise, I come back with this core of wood that I've now sanded, and made down into this, again, samurai sword and these memories and this little piece of wood that guided me and what would have just been like a walk in the woods turned into this magical experience because I allowed it. And oh. because I I chose to believe that when I speak to the trees, they can hear me. And I chose to believe that when I'm sitting there with that elk, those elk bones, that I'm in communion with, with an animal, with the nature, with that spirit. And that is how I then get myself to a mind state of magic within this world of belief that if I just open myself up the story will come through the colorful story that is worth listening to or that a school of truth is what will hit the page and not my mind trying to direct it to places that I think are where it should go because that's always going to be limiting
0: oh oh my god I love you so much I'm just <laughs> <laughs>
1: If only I had a friend with me on that walk. It's the only way it could have been better.
0: <laughs> Honestly. Well, and you said a word there. I mean, it just, oh, so much of that story for me is just how we are as human beings because we're not separate from nature are we we are nature as my dear friend and our white more at sacred ground international has a way of reminding me constantly mm-hmm. our nature so you know the word you use which is one that's so powerful for me as well is communion you no know, and there's a lot of com- connotations around a lot of these words but the depth of them as well and the power so you know as you say when we really feel ourselves as an interconnected part of the world and whatever community we happen to be in at that time so whether that's the natural community of a mountainside or a valley or whether that's you know the community around an ancient stone circle where I happen to be today in the UK or whether that's a human community that's that's convening around a vision or a you know a mission in some way if we've commune with that, you know, the community, Mm -hmm. then something greater comes through all of us. And, you know, hey, we could go off into the quantum of this and, you know, talk about entrainment and molecules and and all of these things, but we'll save that for a different tea session. Um, But (laughs) this is literally, you know, words have frequency and we can commune with the sense of our writing happening as life, you know, as art. Absolutely. Um, oh that's stunning it's made me miss montana very much
1: (laughs) it's the it's the last best place as they say it's a beautiful beautiful landscape here i do want to mention one thing on communion Uh, when you were speaking there two things popped up around what makes communion possible let alone um something really magical and it's that you have to give it enough time Mm. you have to be You have to be patient enough and you have to believe. Mm -hmm. So like a, a communion that is, that has magic is one that is given, given that time and space to, to really arrive and to build and to have its momentum created and given the honor of that moment. Again, whether that's a group of people together or you with a tree or you with yourself, You have to give it the right amount of time, and then there has to be belief—true, heartfelt Mm -hmm. belief—not just telling yourself this, but like really feeling it, allowing yourself to feel that like this is real. This is exactly where I'm supposed to be. This connection that I'm feeling with others is coming from the heart. It is real, and not where—and that's where the whole practice of mindfulness and dropping out of our heads is so important because we can't truly commune enjoy those experiences and learn the lessons and and revel in the connection that we have with each other and with nature unless we're able to get out of our heads and find that belief in our hearts that there's nowhere else to be there's no one else to be and this is exactly what I am supposed to be doing right now and allowing yourself to fully melt into that experience then you're truly communing. And then that walk in the woods and that connection with a tree can be so magical. And that's why for people that, you know, look at, look at a, a tree hugger, for example, and think like, mm. I just don't get it. Like, what are you doing? You're, you're out there like hugging a tree, like the 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 material connection doesn't make sense. They're not allowing themselves to believe that that moment, that stillness, regardless of if, you know, the tree is talking to you or something is that, that person is enjoying stillness. They're enjoying a sacred moment with something as beautiful as an evergreen tree. And there's nothing to be taken away from that person in that moment to to recognize that their belief is allowing them to enjoy that experience at such a depth that they are so pleased to be there and so grateful that that tree is willing to accept them. And for those people, I I, I work towards this myself and deepening my own belief, The world is such a magical place because you look at everything as sacred and every moment is an opportunity to commune at depth. And that's what it's all about as humans. And that's what we're missing right now because we've totally lost our older tribal ways and our ability to be still and our ability to not always be thinking about what we need to do next or what else we could be doing right now. So we miss out on both of those elements of what it takes to commune properly. And no wonder we're thirsty for deeper connection and community that right now we think doesn't exist because we're not able to find the ingredients to allow it from within.
0: Right. Oh God, absolutely. I've just written down, you know, there's so much in what you said, these sacred moments, you know, oh, I think there's a whole series of, of conversations emerging here, my friend, that I'd love to dive <laughs> into with you. Um, for this one, however, would you tell us a little bit about Beacon? Because I know this is where you take this incredible sacred depth that you just are in the world Mm -hmm. and you bring it into community building. Um, So yeah, talk to us a little bit about that.
1: So thank you for the opening here. I'd love to talk about this project and it is a project that I'm developing with my partner, Chelsea. So although it's just me on the line, I can't at all claim it for myself because it's a a co-creative effort for us. Mm -hmm. And what it is, is like, for me, it's a, a vision that's that's been around for two years now that as the thinker the more heady thinker that I used to be it was created as this grand vision of all of these different offerings and services and um, outputs that came from a single seed so it's like these elements of gathering and community and even uh, conscious business building and all sorts of things. And that took me all around the world and meeting people and testing things out, certain events and all sorts of Google docs. And it's now landed me in a much simpler place (laughs) that is simply bringing people together around a shared experience and trusting that when the energy around that shared experience is of a really true and raw nature, that It'll absolutely speak for itself, and every element of community function and growth and impact will grow organically from that place. So for me, Beacon has been the, oh my gosh, the direct illustration of my own journey, going Mm -hmm. from this Western American male structure, startup scale, big vision type of thing all the way down, whittled down into now what is our core offering through Beacon is an online breathwork session. And that breathwork session is co-led by Chelsea and myself as trained facilitators. And I weave together a soundscape um, because I'm also a, I would say, amateur DJ. (laughs) And um, we lead people through this incredible experience of like a nature meditation that drops us in. And leads into about forty five minutes of really deep conscious breathing together. And we've found that through the container that we're setting there with about you know thirty people each week on Sundays hoping to grow, is extremely powerful. And many like experienced or, uh, many experienced breath workers uh, who have gone to all sorts of workshops and stuff have told us that this is the best session they've ever done and they can't wait to come again and see what we're doing next and how else can they get involved with Beacon as we start to offer more, more gathering types and more content and things like that. So it's been really beautiful to watch the grand vision kind of melt away or at least go onto the back burner and see that if you can just offer a moment, a, a gathering that allows for people to feel those elements of communion and real connection and allow the experience to speak for itself, that the entire business plan and the community vision that comes out of that is going to be exactly what the group of people that we've brought in is looking for. And I think that that to me is, carries a lot of wisdom that I'm still picking through that helps us see how we can be building businesses more appropriately and organically moving forward as we shift from that mindset of You know, almost like thinking masculine, feminine, like the sperm that's like going out and reaching for and trying to like find opportunities. And it's very mind based. It's very, it's very aggressive and fast paced and trying to force things versus creating the womb, which is far more energetic and creating a vibe and an environment where people, people come to you, the opportunities come to you, the partnerships come to you because you're sitting there and holding that space with a lot of integrity and that's the shift that's happened with with beacon that it's that's been very exciting to be a part of and most exciting to know that now what we're truly offering to people is really valuable and that we have the flexibility to build it and morph it in the way that works for those that want to come in and be a part of that energy and vibe with us
0: oh my gosh i can't wait to join one of these
1: sessions um please do every sunday we're going to offer wednesday mornings as well just because we want to we want to clue in the european crowd and the east coast crowd that wants a morning session and um, we're having a lot of fun with it and there's plenty more things to come off of it as well that we just can't wait to offer to everyone.
0: Uh, well we will put this all in the show notes as always. Well and can I just say as someone who did see your Google Sheets, they were pretty impressive. You know, so the master that care of that, they were pretty impressive, in fact. I've
1: been told I make a great you Google document. Very skilled. Beautiful flow oh. and structure in it. But that's the that's the that's the thing, Jen, is like it's for for me in my own practice and this is again I mean this ties into writing and my ability to reflect and see myself and and be semi-critical but also forgiving on the page has been what's allowed me to see that like I went from being someone with a big vision who would go from meeting to meeting meeting wonderful people working on similar types of projects seeing partnership opportunities like being very energized by all of that, but then recognizing that my actual output and the output of the business that I was building was really, really low in terms of how is it really impacting people? What are we offering? Where, where are the seeds of true growth coming from? And the page, the writing is what helped me work through that experience and, and allow myself to let a lot of those big plans and Google Docs and old meetings and stuff go to see that, you know what, the, the ending point to begin is simple and it's just an experience and it's trusting that that experience will have the power to bring people back and to add true value to their lives and to be something new that they want to become a part of. And without writing, I, I know I would not have ended where I have, again, to now be beginning in the right way. And it's taken me <laughs> the better part of a year and a half. But I'm so grateful for having those tools and and the willingness to spend time with the page so that it can guide me towards those realizations about myself and what I'm trying to build in this world. Because otherwise we can get stuck in those loops of trying to push through things with old habits that, um, especially when we're working in the business of community building and uh, helping to build this new earth paradigm, it's like you have to be approaching things from such a different angle. And that requires some time and reflection in order to see yourself so you can do it just so
0: oh my god just so would well, you know what i think oh, that's such a beautiful place to pause this discussion and pause we will because i could just i think there's plenty here that you and i will can and will dive into not just in podcasts um so thank you so much for joining me today and oh, just allowing me to be with you and share stories and both of us leave more inspired. And yeah, that's that's the work right there, isn't it?
1: <laughs> it sure is. And as you said, both of us leaving inspired, this has been so mutually enjoyable for me. Um, and I can't wait to come back and talk more about stories and writing and all of it. So um, thank you for the opportunity to speak to this. This is a huge passion for me and um, I'm so grateful for this.
0: Oh, thank you, Dan.